Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Architects of Entropy, and this is War, month five of the Orc-Dragonborn conflict is heating up severely in the south of Ayamora, and I am here once again with Rick and Scott, who are kind of, uh, de facto, kind of become either side, uh, almost accidentally, in this battle. So, um, kind of speaking on behalf of the Dragonborn, uh, Scott, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling about uh, uh, the war so far? Oh, we're great. Uh, you know, uh, the orcs stand no chance, and, uh, you know, the history will will judge us to be in the right. Okay, excellent, excellent. And Rick, <laughs> you are taking the uh, role of the orc army. How, how are you feeling about, uh, about the war right now and your chances? Excellent. They're foolishly advancing on the blasted lands. Our superior military uh, minds as being masters of warfare and our lackeys, I mean allies, the dwarves, shall surely uh, push the tide. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, speaking on behalf of uh, everything else and the random elements that may come and uh, uh, ruin everyone's plans, I'm excited. And I hope uh, folks have been enjoying this little deviation from the story. We uh, a little bit more organized uh, as we have now after weeks and weeks of doing this, feel like we're getting into kind of a rhythm <laughs> that once we're done with this and never do it again, uh, it'll be great. But just to give a brief recap of uh, month four, uh, the major event of that month was the orcs calling in a favor uh, in the form of a mutual defense pact uh, they had with the dwarves. Uh, and uh, a group of guild masters uh, met in secret, or so they thought, to determine in what fashion they would or would not answer this call. Uh, the decision was made that uh, the dwarves would send a uh, slightly more than token force of mobile troops with the orcs back down south, while their main uh, land defenders, especially in the uh, hilly regions uh, around the forge, uh, would help to protect them against the now raiding Var Barbarians, who have been causing trouble in the outskirts of the forge lands. And also the emissaries sent out by the orcs have been making some headway into delivering the magical assistance uh, that Dalar, the Lich Lord, has asked for in order to cook his uh, dragon eggs a little bit faster uh, so he can you know, raise them, kill them, and raise them again. And demon-possessed orcs <laughs> are coming back to help enact that plan, though not all of them. Some of them are going to uh, visit the SMR and, I don't know, do something. Probably not nice. Um, and meanwhile, some other orcs are up in the fungus lands making a deal with the Forbidden School for some additional kind of magical assistance. They'll probably never get back in time to do anything. <laughs> they are very far away, but who knows? But the big event that's going to happen in this episode, uh, which uh, will be taking place later in the month, is the next big battle in the war itself. You're assuming that there's probably skirmishing going on here and there everywhere, but the plan, as far as the Dragonborn are concerned, basically they want to provide a distraction big enough to land a small cadre of commandos to make their way to the Dark Spire uh, and up to uh, retrieve the eggs and stop whatever uh, Dalar is doing. 
So that essentially is going to be a battle where they'll be siphoning off whatever assistance is on the outskirts of the Blast Lands, any settlements uh, in that area, and probably dealing with whatever counteroffensive the Orcs are sending. So uh, what I would like to do, and then uh, before we get to that, is talk a little bit about what other things are going on surrounding this conflict in the world um, that are that is not strictly this particular battle. So, or it could be aiding this battle or preparing for this battle or whatever. So I'll go ahead and start. Oh, we can, and we can go back and forth too. This is a good place to start. What I'd like to do is want to talk about what's going on up at the forge. So my thoughts were that the raids going on on the outskirts of the forge, specifically on the Western edge are intensifying in this month. And that uh, the, uh, Dwarves are being forced to actively defend their their more mercantile holds, uh, which are the ones that are uh, at risk. So what I would like to do is, in lieu of staging a huge battle, uh, unlike the other one, is see if there's a way we can kind of randomize this to see how this is going. I'll throw this out to my uh, associates here. I have uh, a couple ideas, but uh, what I'd like to do is just kind of see what we can do to gauge how this conflict is going. Ideas, thoughts? Well, I think the first thing the dwarves will probably do when uh, they feel threatened by these barbarians is they'll go back underground as much as they can, hold back vulnerable citizen folk, and, uh, you know, rely on stone, good, solid stone to defend um, themselves. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, certainly, certainly does make them more defensible. But at the same time, I think the issue that I know that the the Crafters Guild, Guildmaster had was that there are still a lot of things that can't necessarily be pulled underground mm-hmm. uh, in right. those areas. Uh, where they can't, they will have to defend. Yeah. More actively. Right. Okay. So um, how should we do this? Uh, I was thinking maybe just a couple of like... Uh, Contested roles of some kind. I don't that know. That seems fair. Modifiers based on whatever you think is appropriate. Okay. Um, Alrighty. Uh, yeah, we'll do like um, you know, D twenty battle kind of a, a engagement role like we've been doing. So we'll just kind of list off by like advantages. It makes sense to me that the var are moving quickly, and so they have some element of surprise, or it's not clear strategic like you know they're not attacking like a normal you know invasion so their uh, objectives aren't clear so things like that would be the strategy would be harder to understand and the dwarves would have to you know choose to either defend okay this one thing or these three things or so we either spread our guys out so the, the var would have some advantage of their speed like you know the the unexpectedness of their attack that kind of thing you know your traditional barbarian advantages and then the dwarves would have the advantage of, like, once the battle actually kind of starts, their defensive measures would be good, right? Like, even if they if, if it's a fairly exposed area, I would imagine the dwarves pretty quickly throw up a fort <laughs> or some kind of defenses around whatever they're defending pretty or enhance them with quickly made things or, or portable structures or stuff that they build and they Roman fort the hell out of the place. If the initial attack doesn't overwhelm the dwarves, then we, we get into kind of a thing where the dwarves have the advantage. If we can model that, I think that makes the most sense, but I'm willing yeah. to go with whatever anybody else has. All right. So right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to use some straight just kind of modifiers. 
Um, right now I have for the VAR, I give them a plus one for their mobility. I'm going to give them another plus one for their unpredictable strategy. I'm giving the dwarves a plus one for their skill in defending. Uh, I'm going to give them a plus two for basically just for home advantage. What are, what are the things do you think will affect this, uh, Rick? Um, Yeah, I, just going through our history real quick. I'm trying to read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see anything that the dwarves are masters of, which I, I find odd, but that might well, yeah, that, have yeah. a complete history. If things go poorly, I can see the great smith, who is a demigod or whatever, actually taking a direct step in. and could be a potential advantage to the time. Okay, I would say that even just that threat is probably worth an additional bonus. I will give the VAR another plus one for time taken to lead up to this. But I'm going to give them a minus one because they have a, a habit of fighting amongst themselves when things aren't going well. So, and if I remember correctly, the dwarves are like master armorers. Yeah, and I would say I would give I would give another bonus yeah. to the dwarves for. Okay, this is what I'll do. I'll I'll do another one that kind of washes. I don't know bonus for the weapons, but a minus because they have sent. Not a crippling amount of defensive troops away, but they're, you know, sure. they're, they are a little split. So there's something right. should factor in that. But I think right now, what I'm looking at now, right now, is still like a just a plus two to the roll for the VAR and a plus three for the dwarves. Uh, okay. So it's, you know, pretty close, at least initially. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, uh, Scott, why don't you go ahead? Do you have any, do you have dice with you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll for the VAR, because I I, uh, I I don't have my dice in front of me right now. And I wasn't planning on rolling any, so... Uh, mm -hmm. So just right, a d20 for the VAR here? Yep, d20 for the VAR, d20 plus two, oh. you plus three. It's uh, How exciting is that? They got a nat 20, so the VAR oh, that, start out like oh, gangbusters. That's, that's bad. <laughs> the dwarves are sleeping or something. <laughs> they, they rolled a natural two, which makes it a five. Oh, good God. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that gives us a picture here. So this is what I'm thinking. The dwarves are very confident in their ability to defend their holdings. However, these particular holdings did not play a huge part in the last war. So they weren't as built up as a lot of the outskirts in the eastern parts of the Forge Lands. And the VAR had always been out there, but it never really posed any real direct threat because they were always kind of busy fighting amongst themselves and different clans and tribes were breaking off and, you know, getting big and then being challenged. And uh, I don't think the dwarves really took them super seriously. All the while, there has been one kind of great con figure that the VAR have kind of secretly been building up, a war leader who no one saw coming. And they were able to launch an attack that bewildered the dwarves to such an extent that... Well, I'm going to throw something else into here, Pat, yes. if I may. And these are the more mercantile areas of the dwarves that are being attacked. Right. So they, uh, some of the leadership there didn't necessarily apply the funds that were designated for defense, to defense <laughs> as much as to um, press traders and other merchants and stuff. So... They probably diverted some funds that were supposed to be sent for defense. And yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like something our good friends would do. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> probably something that they might have been trying to uh, very, very quickly and, and quietly fix. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, when they just became a thing, we're like, okay, what, 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 well, let's, uh, let's see what we can, let's see what we can get back. Let's see what we can, uh, uh, maybe we can get some, oh boy, we really, we really <laughs> pushed this. So yeah. So um, yeah, the, the VAR uh, have with a, uh, an opening kind of salvo that's serious. The VAR will start with a pretty decent foothold into these hills. Maybe working on strategies to, uh, you know, it's just like, okay, they're going to go in their holes. Maybe some of us are going to follow them in. You know, maybe maybe one crazy guy uh, will go down there and and challenge their leader and pull him out and then hack him in half and then uh, pull him all along the beach. And, oh, wait, that's, uh, that's House of the Dragon. <laughs> but, but I am, I am picturing that kind of thing where uh, we'll pull back into the, uh, into the minds of me like, oh, yeah, no, we've been studying this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like there's some unforeseen cavens happen in some places that uh, it seemed impossible, um, or things blocking you off, or or they're just being able to move so fast that you know um, what they were able to wreck whilst people were hiding uh, was a lot more harming. They thought, and and uh, they've been able to post people there. So um, we'll do. Let's do a, another. Uh, We'll do. Uh, we'll give the uh, the dwarves an opportunity to um, to answer this. However, I'm going to uh, give the var total of uh, I give the total of a plus six to this roll because of how soundly they thrashed them last time. So the dwarves will keep their plus three, but um, the var uh, I'll give them a plus six. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and make that roll, and we'll see if the dwarves are able to uh, push back any of this. All right. Well, the VAR rolled a 14, so plus 6 makes it a 20. All right. It's a dirty 20. And the dwarves rolled a 13, so that makes it a 7. Seven. Okay. So that uh, I'll say that um, we'll leave things at the uh, after the initial assault from the barbarians. The dwarves were able to muster up enough defense to push back a decent amount of them to kind of lessen their hold on the area. So the status of things throughout this month is that the VAR are still a little bit embedded there, but given time, um, if nothing else changes, the dwarves probably feel confident that they'll be able to root them out eventually, but uh, it's not great. Yeah, I I get uh, the sense the dwarves probably make some progress because they're just better disciplined and equipped, but they take more losses than they expect. And it's like, oh, this is this isn't going to be a okay. we'll just push them out of here and uh, and that'll and then we'll reset the line and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, this is going to be a little bit nastier than we thought it was going to be just with those results. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will go to uh, to Scott. Scott, other things you think might be going on? The thing that probably is the biggest deal for the future, but maybe doesn't have any effect right now, is, hey, there are demons. But uh, let's see, what all else? I mean, there's the dwarves who are sending yeah, a group. They were going to join up, I think, with the main force. They weren't going on a, a separate objective. So that seems like it gets resolved as part of the thing. I don't think there's any kind of interdiction of them that the dragonborn likely are able to pull off at this point. So I think they just get there. And I have a question. I'll throw sure. this out to you as well. Is there any way you think the dwarf, the dragonborn even know about them? I don't know. I don't know that we determined the dragonborn themselves, you know, like dragons no shit. The, the dragons aren't like, you know, in this, they're kind of like, you know, vast right. off the board kind of, a deity type 
creatures more than they are, hey, I'm going to show up and burn down all these orcs. So I feel like that might be, but if it's more like, you know, if the, the dragons are kind of in torpor then and the dragonborn are kind of off doing their own thing, I don't know that we've established that they're particularly good at knowing stuff. And I feel like this would be something that would rely on uh, human or, uh, you know, personal intelligence as opposed to just scry. Like maybe they can, scry- maybe they'd scry. I assume they have a fair number of magical abil- ability, Yeah, but like that. That they might know about it as it's happening, but not probably like, oh yeah, well, we know of this treaty, blah, blah, blah. I mean, maybe they trade with the doors. I don't know. I don't know that they do. And they would just kind of pick this up. But I, I think there's a better than even chance that they don't really know that this is a thing. Right. Or even if they I do, don't know that no, it changes they, they, much they of what they do. They would assume yeah. that they would, they would feel like, no, the dwarves are very honorable. I don't think they would, you know, they'd find some way to weasel out of it, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or something, you know, just. But, uh, yeah. Or that they would be like, well, at the by the time the dwarves get here, this is decided. You know, like it doesn't change anything. Like if. It's the same thing as like, oh, well, the necromancer and the orcs have hired a huge group of mercenaries from somewhere. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But like by the time they get into the field, this issue is decided because I think the dragonborn see this conflict as getting the eggs back and they don't really have too much of a plan for a drawn out war after that. You know, they're kind of like, okay, and then we just fall back and we defend and whatever. We we let them waste their time coming after us because we don't care anymore. We have the eggs and at some point the dragon's going to wake up and that's the end of this, you know? We got your egg back. Can you go burn these guys who are coming after us now? Yes, I can do that. Thank you for getting my egg back. You know, I think I think that's their end game. We get the egg back, and then the plans beyond that are okay. fall back and defend. Um, so I feel like they probably there's probably a little bit of hubris there. Like, well, what a, you know, but there's also I don't know that they like if they find out, you know, like, hey, there's this column of dwarves going to march and join the orcs, and they'll be like, Oh, I had rumors about that, but we just discounted it. It's like, oh well, it doesn't matter, don't worry about it. You know, and it's like, maybe we should have worried about that. But okay, you know, we could have probably done something about it if we knew or cared. But that's kind of how I feel. I think I feel there's a little bit of tunnel vision and a little bit of hubris of we have this objective and everything else doesn't matter Mm. on their end. But okay, yeah, yeah, I I think it's if they know it's not going to change anything. Yeah. Okay, Rick, is there anything? um... I'm curious about uh, the uh, orcish couriers of demon vessels that are going to go visit Asimar. I think we should look into that and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. I was thinking about that as well. So what Lily said, and I pretty much tacitly got the uh, approval from MJ to do, you know, whatever, whatever we want. Okay. Because uh, uh, whatever ideas they had oh, when they came up with this, they were just kind of riffing. Okay. So the nice thing about MJ is that they are uh, very cool with whatever. So... I feel like there is some kind of link, obviously, between these celestial forces coming to this place, probably to uh, continue some, you know, millennia old grudges between, you know, specific uh, demon lords and archangels or whatever on this ridiculous place. And one of the things I think could be interesting is if the orc showed up masking the demon presence... And uh, the demon presence went all Pandora box or slump, uh, corrupting influence into the Asimar. That's their goal, is to somehow uh, taint the Asimar in their society. Okay. I'm not so, sure exactly how that would work. Yeah, I would say, because, you know, they're, they're, they are, you know, uh, at least aware of some orc treachery. 
Sure. Um, but perhaps, you know, an emissary uh, of orcs, you know, come down here uh, to make amends uh, for yeah. the uh, actions of, uh, you know, some rogue elements who uh, decided to try and steal some kind of bauble from them. Uh, and this is an effort for them to uh, make some kind of apology, which is weird for orcs. But at the same time, these orcs aren't normal orcs. These orcs are possessed by demons and work for a lich. So, yeah, yeah. You know, though I believe the rank and file orcs are kind of the same kind of bloodthirsty maniacs we're used to, but there is definitely a strain of these sneaky, somewhat political orcs. That yeah, I, I think the demon is calling the shots at this yeah. point. Um, so, like, yeah, wait. Oh, yeah, let's go down there and try to manipulate these foolish uh, ASMR and uh, inviting us in. Yeah, and, and so. then when they get there, they uh, get to work on messing with this uh, this holy place, and and I, I like that. There is some kind of demonic chicanery going down there. Who knows? Uh, at the very least, we'll tie those goody-goody two-shoes up for a while. Yep. The cauldron. So this is what I was thinking. The orcs show up to the Forbidden School, and you know, now that we know a little something about the Forbidden School and Drell Sabolus, I think Drell Sabolus is a, uh, he's not a dumb-dumb. But he also, you know, he's not a big side taker in in things, especially things that don't really concern him, like whatever they're doing down there with these dragon people. So I I think that he's likely to uh, make some kind of deal with them. Here's a couple of books and some scrolls about time that you dum-dums will never be able to figure out because it's way too advanced and tricky for you. But he'd probably be interested in something from the Lich. Since Lich is a big, powerful wizard of some kind and uh, has a kind of master of necromancy. Mm, and kind of yeah, work. he's a necromancer, right? Not a lich. I erroneously referred to him as a lich before. He, oh, no, he is a lich. Oh, he's now. a lich. Oh, he's a lich now. Okay, okay. No, he, he is. A, he is a full. Yeah, uh, he. Uh, he's a full yeah. lich. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah he used to be a um, necromancer, and the dragons killed him, and he came back as a lich. Yeah, all right. and, and I believe it was all part of his plan. Yeah, it was part uh, of his sinister plan. Because so. you don't, yeah, because mm. you don't become a lich on accident. Yeah, you have to work mm. really Whoops, hard at it. I became a lich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me! I got this black so like, yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah, you have to. You know, say say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Uh, and he does have uh, a a group of uh, necromancers called blood mages working. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because maybe uh, Drell gets something that might help him. Uh, the thing that he needs to, the thing that he's going to wind up having to do. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I just had an idea that I'm not going to say. Yeah, I, I have an hmm. idea that I'll throw out there, and, and you can decide whether or not something like that might work. And uh, you yeah, don't have you to tell feel, me. Feel free to throw it out there. <laughs> um, there's a blood mage in this group as their leader, and perhaps in return for the magic, the blood mage hangs around to <laughs> work or something. I don't know. Okay, um, that's I'm throwing, hmm. I'm throwing that out there. I, and, uh, uh, I, and I Blood think... Mage, being one of the senior advisors to uh, the Lich, would try to encourage them to, I don't know, teleport or some way to fold the land back faster so they could get back in time. Yeah, I was going to say that um, in return for this uh, secret favor from the Lich and this Blood Mage to stay there and as an adjunct professor of evil blood sorcery maybe teach a couple of classes and he will teleport somebody back there with the stuff to get him to Dalar. Dalar's more than happy with that agreement as far as I know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Right now, it's the ability to say, oh, okay, this happens. 
Yep. Which is a very important thing uh, to keep in your DM arsenal is to remember uh, <laughs> somebody owes someone a favor and to not specifically and to have a vague idea of what it is. But whenever you can use it in service of the story, throw it out there and yes. change it because nobody knows but you. Yeah. It's kind of uh, like the Schrodinger's cat of uh, favors. It's like, yeah, yes, it exists. We know, favor. we know it exists. We just don't know what it is. Yes. Yep. Exactly. It's a dead cat. All right, cool. All right. Also, there's a lot of drugs in that box. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, people never consider that. Yeah. So it's a, a maybe dead, maybe high cat. <laughs> <laughs> and and just not just a lot of drugs. We'll see. You know, the cat died before the drugs got put in there. Then the drugs are fine. If if not, the cat probably got into the drugs. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. So Look, smuggling is hard. You got to come up with new solutions to modern problems. Exactly. Alrighty, uh, I'm gonna mute myself. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute while I uh, write a note here. But I, I, I and and I, I can certainly cut out whatever, whatever. Uh, so I think it's going really well. I, I imagine it going. Back. <laughs> I yeah, no, that's really good. I uh, certainly gave those dwarves a good smashing, and I think that's all what we all wanted. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna uh, have to find out if MJ cursed my dice. I, I don't know because. <laughs> The, yeah. the orcs and the dwarves are really suffering through uh, my dice rolls. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, it's it's kind of like, well, is this going to keep up? Are these now bad dice? Do I have to go root around in the bucket for different d20s? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have to uh, go back to using plastic dice. <laughs> you and I are old enough to remember when you got the D&D basic set with the plastic dice and the crayon to color oh, yeah, them in? Absolutely. Oh, it off. I, I, had on, a, man. I had yellow dice and I had a, a red crayon. We, we uh, were very excited when we, my brother and I, when we figured out uh, that we could use any crayon to color them in. We did not have to use the crayon that came with it. We felt like geniuses. We were like, oh, these yellow dice, we can do black. It'll look cool. If we were really smart, we would have realized, hey, we can use marker. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a fine tip marker and this would work. I'm back. <laughs> you know, who we haven't checked in with for a while is the, the Dragonborn Rebels. I think, okay, I have an idea. I feel like these rebels, since they've been around, they obviously have to, in some way, kind of blend into the rest of their society. So they probably have a good idea of what's going on. And the larger dragonborn society might not care about or even know about this dwarvish pack. The rebels are aware of it. Uh, mm -hmm. The rebels are aware that there are dwarves marching down from the forge with some orcs, and they feel that they're being led in as fodder. And if they knew or had an idea about what was really going on, they might be less inclined to be involved or maybe uh, might really think about what their role in this is. So I think um, perhaps the rebels are trying to get word to the dwarves that this is something that they probably shouldn't be involved in because they might be very likely speeding up everyone's extinction. <laughs> so they've got intelligence and they're trying to send intelligence to the dwarf or meet with them. Yeah, like. oh. which is difficult, though, because since they're dragonborn, they're kind of hard right. to hide. Yeah, they stick out in a crowd. Some random dragonborn comes showing up, you know, in an embedded group of orcs. They're probably not going to make it. All right. Well, I'll throw out a way that they could possibly do. Yes. We've established that kobolds 
the, at least one cobalt mercenary company of engineers and boom boom experts are working for the dragon. So they may have gotten one of the cobalt people to be eyes and ears or something for them. Okay. So you might be able to sneak a cobalt into there. Could sneak ah, it is possible. I mean, everybody, you know, the, the kobolds are not exclusive. And you know what? Humans and goblins are everywhere. Yeah. You could find the them anywhere. Are... So, the, the, I mean, yeah. there's other options. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way, right? They put together a group of emissaries based on whatever humans, goblins, kobolds they have in their employ who are reasonably trustworthy or, you know, who they have in their competence, if not employ, and say, hey, you guys are going to have to be the embassy to the dwarves and you're going to have to convince them. And we can send some dragonborn with you to get you there safely, but then we have to stop. We can't approach. The last leg is on you guys. I like the idea of the goblins because nobody takes goblins seriously. They're just vermin. True. So they, yeah. could, so they could probably get in there without being, I mean, orcs aren't going to, well, yeah, it's just a bunch of fucking goblins. And you could set an army of goblins and then the orcs aren't going to care. They'll just crush them. And they probably have an army of goblins. And, you know, three or four, no one's going to care. Right. I like that. That, uh, yeah, that kind of gets all the major, uh, the major players involved in this in one way or another. Do we have to resolve anything with the, uh, the orc demons arriving at the spire, or is that just assumed to have happened? I would say that um, considering the direction they're coming from, I don't see anyone that would really stop them. Okay. And um, there's nothing major. It's it's the wild, so there's nothing major in, in there anyways. No yeah, there's something, you know, the wild is a big place that we, re- we never really determine exactly what's there. It's just, you know, it's the wild. It's an unpredictable place. I imagine it's kind of like the border princes in Warhammer or something like that, where there's lots of like petty fiefdoms and stuff that rise sure. up in places. It's a, it's a it's kind of a, it's organized mess. I think Freyhold is probably one of the older, most established places. You know, you have a lot of petty uh, uh, dicks, you know. <laughs> Let's change the name of it from the wilds to Petty Dicks. Petty to Petty Dicks. The land of the Petty Dicks. Come on down from to Petty Dicks. We've got terrible prices on all the products you sort of need. That sounds right. <laughs> so Nobody me... asked for this, but we're selling it for you. <laughs> and when you leave one of our Petty uh, Dick Kingdoms, we charge mm-hmm. you to go into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Each kingdom pettier than the next. <laughs> all right that's the penny dicks guarantee <laughs> all right do something else or i'm gonna keep doing this so let's okay. uh, uh let's, are, let's are move ready, on uh, are we ready to uh to do this uh this this big battle yeah let's do this big battle or right. we should run more ads for yes uh, no well, we'll we'll just do break-ins we'll break in yeah yeah we can you know yeah. as, as necessary with the... feel free to feel free i'll put some music <laughs> behind it um, <laughs> Uh, I, I need more post-production to do. Uh, that last episode is the least amount of post-production I've done on an episode, which was fine. I was thinking about all these potential sound effects. I was like, you know, how about just some kind of vague atmosphere? And I just used, like, I just I just reused the, you know, the Forge background sound for it. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's nothing here that is like, what is the sound of a small stone chamber? Uh, <laughs> so it just yeah, needs to be identifiable. It could just make creaking. That's a Zen cone, isn't it? I believe so, yes. What is the sound of stone? I don't know. (laughs) Something that my brain would have gotten really, really obsessive about Mm. um, before I realized this. Nobody cares about this but me. All right, let's uh, let's let's get to the crunchy bits of this. I would say your uh, your generals probably remain the same. Unless, Rick, you wanted to come up with a different general for this army. But I kind of think he died. 
Uh, he got away. We determined that. Oh, I think we determined, oh, he that, did he, get away. Think we determined that he got away. Oh, okay. All right. But he did fail. So, yeah, at the end of the day, really, you're just kind of come up with a personality and, you know. Yeah. You know, how smart you think he is or or, or how scary you think he is. Yeah. Just, he, he probably got replaced. Yeah, he okay. got replaced. Okay. So, Haydai is still uh, oh, uh, reeling from her uh, decisive victory at Charlotte. And the New York general is being dispatched from Gorkash. We received word of the previous general's horrible failure. So what I'm going to do is I am going to keep the armies fairly even at the beginning. So um, you're each going to start at 20 tokens or 20 army points or whatever you want to call them. It just basically will reflect the size of your army. Well, let's yeah, let's talk about, at least in the beginning here, what assets each army has. I believe the Dragonborn, they, we still have some like specialty infantry, like they I believe they had like flying units and some of the kobold mercenaries and engineers. Uh, yeah, that all sounds correct. And then the orcs, we should really give them that they are the masters of warfare bonus. This is their terrain, this is their home ground, so they know the area better. But given that the Dragonborn coming off this victory, they are an army that has suffered losses. And the whole purpose of this is uh, essentially a distraction to get them looking away from where you're launching this uh, commando raid. So that will tamp down your bonus a little bit because there's a lot of moving parts going on. So I will start with giving the Dragonborn a plus four static bonus for tactical advantage and the orcs I will give a plus six. So now you kind of know what's involved and, and feel free to throw anything out there if I'm missing anything or you feel that uh, uh, anything is, is incorrect or or should be revisited. That seems fine. I don't think this one's too complicated. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about battle plans. So what we'll do is we'll have each general kind of give me their initial battle plan and then we'll uh, do that battle plan roll to see uh, how well the plan is initiated and then uh, do the... Uh, engagement. So, Scott, you are the attacker, so I'll start with you. Alright, I feel like the attacker part of this is a lot of like, hey, we send out smaller units to check out on stuff, and then as soon as, and, and find, like, we, we're expecting a big force or forces to come converge on us, because that's the whole point is, let's draw as many guys into this fight as we can. So, I feel like we go pretty quickly to defensive, so as soon as the other forces are coming up, and we've goaded them enough by harassing them to actually attack us, we kind of fall back into some kind of prepared position, as best as we are able to do with the terrain around us. So, like, you know, at least something where it's, like, gives us a little bit of an ability to defend and make the most of our numbers and all that kind of stuff, and funnel guys at us. So, I think that's pretty much the plan. I mean, I don't have any crazy specifics to go into right. that, and then it's just, we just use everybody as best as we can to draw this out and cause losses. Okay, great. All right, the, the uh, orcs, what's their general battle plan for the start of this conflict? Well, um, they came up with a totally different general, and uh, he's more of the movement and faint and uh, patient and he's smarter than the other guy was. So what he's going to do is try and push them into the blasted lands where the undead will be, and presumably maybe an obsidian golem or something like that, or obsidian elemental, I don't know. And he will use the uh, dwarves when they can get here as like his engineers and as missile weapons. In general, they're going to try and harass them. Launching dwarves at us. No! Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no! 
You've heard of yeah, dwarf throwing, yeah. but this is dwarf launch. And they'll just try and harass from different directions, just trying to get you to overcommit or whatever. And, and then uh, when they find a weak spot, they'll crack through and push into the blast in the mess where the undead are waiting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. Every engagement will be filed, obviously filed by morale roll, but there's always going to be a percent chance that reinforcements in the forms of either dwarves or uh, any dragonborn reinforcements that might be out there or, or mercenaries or whatever might show up to bolster uh, your side. Um, so that's going to start at a fairly low percentage and then kind of creep up as we go. Unless things take a real turn for the worse, but I'm going to keep that kind of loose in the background. All right, so we'll go ahead and have you guys uh, make your rolls for uh, enacting your plans. Uh, modified 14 for the Mighty Dragonborn. Okay. Uh, the orcs got a modified 16. All right, yeah, uh, that's going to be a plus three for uh, the Dragonborn, be a plus four for the orcs. So the initial engagement is going to be a plus seven total for the Dragonborn and a plus 10 total for the orcs. So uh, just to remind you, for the engagement roll, Battle Commander rolls a 3d20 and takes the middle results. This will be obviously your intelligence plus any modifiers. How are we doing, Dragonborn? <laughs> and what was my, I'm sorry, what was my final modifier? I totally, totally uh, did. Seven. Seven, okay. So good news, with that seven and the intelligence, I rolled a 13. Okay. Yes, that was the middle result. Orcs. Uh, 29. Oh, good lord. Okay. Maybe our strategy shouldn't have been to make them angry. (laughs) Oh, sure, sure. Now you think that's a bad idea. So that result is a crushing victory for the orcs. So uh, what that means is that the Dragonborn will lose five tokens. So your army size has gone down to 15 and the orcs uh, have not lost anything. Uh, so we'll go ahead. Uh, yeah, Rick, go ahead and, and tell us how that goes. As mm. yeah. Well, I mean, they, they lure the angry orcs in and the, the orcs don't seem like they're really ready to take the bait. They just kind of harass from different directions for hours and just kind of wearing down on the dragonborn. And then finally they find a spot where they can crack through and they push in through like these, you know, the ramparts that the uh, dragonborn quickly assembled and they spill into the area and part of the dragon force armies is forced to retreat into the blasted lands where the zombies and an obsidian golem just start you know, laying into it, you know, zombies want some brains and the golem just swinging these big massive fists that are bursting into these dragonborn. Uh, It's ugly. And the dragonborn's plan of cracking open their own skulls and distracting the zombies with brains did not go well. (laughs) Terrible plan. I don't know who came up with that. This zombie dragonborn that's infiltrated the uh, command tent. What if we gave them brains? That's a good idea, zombie dragon. We got to stop listening to him. That's not helping. Well, I think, and, I, and I'm probably wrong, but I think part of your strategy was having them push you into the blasted lands is not necessarily the worst thing that could happen because uh, it might be easier to get your commandos out. However, you're, you're drawing yeah. forces away from your commandos. So the bad news is the Dragonborn army is getting annihilated, but the good news is in them getting annihilated, uh, they are getting their distraction off. So, so yeah. you know, go oh, yeah. Tactical catastrophe, strategic success. This is yeah. excellent, yeah. We, we did not move into the Blasted Lands on our terms, but otherwise, it's fine. 
Yeah. The commandos took off and look like they're just fleeing. Yes, so, exactly. <laughs> so there's, there's a couple different interesting ways that they might be able to get over there thinking of stuff they might have access to, but um, we'll save that for month six. All right, so this is gonna this is going to move us into uh, morale roll for the first day of engagement, and then I'll do the uh, reinforcement check. But uh, we'll start with morale. So I've been breaking down the bonuses here for your roll. So Rick, you uh, have a plus five for now being the side with more tokens. Uh, you are five over, so you get a plus five to your roll, and you will get an additional plus two because your army is partly made up of undead troops and constructs. Scott. The Dragonborn will get a minus five because they lost five tokens. You will also get a minus two because you partially have mercenaries with you. But I'll give you a plus three because this loss is still part of your plan. And that will help morale on some level. So you have a minus four to your roll for morale because even though uh, things are kind of going according to plan, a lot of troops died. Mm. And this is a persuasion roll or something to this that effect? This is the, oh yes, uh, the morale roll is a wisdom insight or charisma persuasion check. Okay. Okay. The DC is 10. So okay. as long as you uh, meet or beat a 10, uh, which is a very good chance that uh, the orcs uh, probably... Uh, uh, hmm. Can you get any benefit out of rolling high? No, because All right. it's either you keep going or you lose okay. some troops for some reason. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, mm. We're all good then. Okay. Miraculously, we got an 11, the okay. Dragonborn. So they held firm with the force of personality of Hatai. Okay, excellent. All right. So because your general is ensuring everyone that everything is going according to plan and to not lose heart, especially since she probably feels pretty well that she got the uh, commando force out, but the longer you can keep eyes to the west and not to the east, this will continue. So... So, though some people are probably going to start to figure out, oh, I think we're just here to die. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> no, 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 we can no, run no. away. Come on. No one and said now, specifically that. Come on. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, make a percentage roll for arrival of a D4 in reinforcement token. So this is going to be a percentile roll, and this will start at a 15%. So, um, the 50% chance that some troops show up to bolster your forces, or Assuming perhaps... that's at the very high or the very low end of it, uh, yeah. No yeah. Like, generally, <laughs> 15 or less, you'll get to add a D4 tokens to your force. Uh, other than that, then, um, they're still coming. Or, you know, haven't got here yet. Yeah, a messenger arrives at the camp of the, uh, the Dragonborn forces that are being pulled back to help the main effort and describes what happened the first day, and then for some reason, they don't speed up and rush <laughs> there. They are real slow packing up the baggage train that day, and they do not get here as I rolled okay. an 85. Okay, uh, orcs? Uh, no reinforcements. No reinforcements, okay, good. Alrighty, we will move on to day two. So, day two is starting, obviously, at deficit for our friends at Dragonborn, but, you know, since everything is going to plan, I will give you the opportunity to uh, maybe kind of make some of that up with a decent battle plan. Uh, since you are answering this crushing defeat, Scott, what are the Dragonborn uh, looking to do on the second? Well, at this point, determining that our forces that were the rapid strike elements of the Dragonborn army 
was like, well, maybe defense isn't our thing, so this will be counterattack time, and we will attempt to kind of do a very basic, uh, you know, no time to kind of redress a whole bunch of stuff, but it's like, all right, well, a bunch of our forces got pushed into the Blasted Lands. They they will hold, they will be the anvil part. The rest of the forces will come back and do the hammer part and just try to, like, just full-on go offensive on the orcs' side and push that. So just, you know, one flank holds, the other flank turns it around to be like, well, let's not just stand here and let them overwhelm us. Let's let's try to spoil their momentum and attack, and maybe we can push them back and drive them up against the rest of our forces, or at the very least, blunt their advance here. So that's going to be the plan. You know, we will deploy everything. We will we'll pull out all the tricks we have. So kobolds and uh, air units, let's sow chaos in their ranks to kind of slow their momentum and slow their ability to defend against this attack. So uh, let's fly around, throw some bombs around uh, air units we have, pick off guys and draw attention and the usual stuff. It's a new general. They haven't seen this yet. Okay. Rick, what's the orcs plan? The, the orcs plan is basically just to kind of judo the hell out of this and just, you know, use their own strength against them, kind of gently push them away from where they want to go and, you know, disrupt their plan that way, using their own force against them. I mean, they're going to use their usual tricks, you know, the undead, the the blood mages, but yeah, they're keeping it simple and not getting pulled into this thing. Okay, well, let's go ahead and make those battle plan rolls. The Dragonborn execute their brilliant tactical battle plan with a 14. Okay. And the orcs had a 20. Alrighty, so... Sorry, what was your roll against Scott for the battle plan? It was 14. Okay, so you're going to get the plus 3 for your battle plan, and keep that plus 4 from initially. So the Dragonborn will be rolling at a plus 7. However, the orcs will be at a plus 15 uh, because of their numerical uh, superiority. So go ahead and make those engagement rolls. Oh, it's not uh, the Dragonborn get a modified 20. I thought it was bad, but there's a... Uh, okay. I got to get a wax crayon and fill in that one that was a 17. So that makes the middle one a 13, which makes that a modified 20. All righty. Uh, Rick. And uh, York's total to 23. Okay. So that is a marginal victory for the Orcs. Okay. So uh, for a marginal victory... The uh, victorious side loses two, and the defeated will lose three. So they're still ahead, but not by as much. All right, Rick, tell us about your marginal victory. Yeah, they just basically kept the Dragonborn from doing exactly what they wanted to. The airborne attacks were much less effective as they got deeper into the uh, blasted lands. The sun disappeared and visibility was crap as shadows just kind of were all around. And they just really blunted the uh, counterattack. It's all that really happened out of that. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and do those morale rolls. All right. So the Dragonborn, you're going to be rolling at a minus two. Even though you're still technically losing, your plan of distraction is still holding. You continue to get that plus four for that. However, once again, your mercenaries aren't doing you any favors and you still did lose a couple. So you're just going to be rolling a straight plus zero on your morale, Scott. And okay. the orcs, you will get a plus five orcs. All right. The orcs are fine. Okay. Yeah, and the Dragonborn hold in. They actually rolled an 11, and then with the <laughs> Persuasion, Charisma, we're fine. Okay, so 
the orcs are definitely pushing the dragonborn uh, further into this horrible place and backing up into some kind of nasty things, but their army still has the attention of most of whatever is out there. So your covering for your commando raid is, is still holding. And we're gonna go ahead and have you guys roll uh, that reinforcement check. Gonna go up to uh, 20%. Woo! Oh, I just missed it. 24. Okay. And no worries. They actually started moving. Okay. They're getting closer, but they're not there yet. Okay. All right. We're going to move into the third day. So go ahead and uh, tell me your battle plans. All right. Pretty straightforward for the uh, Dragonborn here. This is going to be a series of jabs. And if we have a follow-up attack, we can. But we just want to kind of redress our lines and give ourselves an avenue to get out of this, to disengage uh, if, if, if it comes to that. Um, but but at this point, it's just going to be like, okay, we're going to keep striking at them while we do this because we can't. With the way they're going, if we just try to withdraw at this point, I think we'll get overwhelmed. So it's going to be a series of, you know, feints and probing attacks to see if there is something we can follow up on. But we're using those to, like, try to, like, okay, let's just get reorganized here to better be able to act or withdraw or something as able to. And, again, we'll try to realign the flying units to, okay, well... They're not going to work in the blast lands part, so let's let's try to use those to attack these other parts where they may be more effective, even if it's not a huge advantage there, just to give us something to go on. So, like, if I'm kind of envisioning the lines, we're not pushed kind of all the way into the blasted lands, and we're like, okay, well, on this on this one flank, we're still kind of on the edge of the blast lands. Let's try to attack you know, opportunity where you can see what you're launching at, Cobalts and flying unit. But that's pretty much it. We're just going to try to redress our lines and get organized to not get overrun here. Okay, orcs. Uh, we're going to try to roll up that flank so it's stuck into the blasted lands too and generally start mm -hmm. pushing them towards the dark spire. So we, when it gets in range of that, then mm -hmm. deadly yeah. magic can start coming, flying okay. down. Alrighty, let's go ahead and make your battle plan rolls. That's a straight intelligence roll. Let me know what you get. That's the way my knights have been. All right, what'd you get? Six. And Scott. I crushed him. I got a nine. <laughs> okay, so you each get a plus one. Your battle yeah. more or less seemed to be working, but neither one of them with any spectacular effect. So the general tactical bonuses are remaining the same, but Rick, you still have a six point lead as far as your troops go. So that will give you a plus 11 on your roll. Got your not as behind this time as you have a plus seven. So let's see how the battle goes this round. All right. 23. 18. Oh, nice. that's a plus 11 to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Well, that is a victory for the Dragonborn. So a straight victory means the uh, losing army will lose four tokens and the victorious army will lose two, which is narrowing that gap, actually. So the orc forces are at 14, the dragonborn are at 10. Scott, go ahead and describe your victorious day. All right, I suspect that this is a holding action along most of the things we jab, don't find any weaknesses. And uh, we just managed to time something through uh, fortune or design. We time an attack on the, um, we'll call it the left flank, where they're going to push the rest of us into the Blasted Lands and kind of like cut us off into the Blasted Lands. And we do an attack just as they're kind of assembling their attack. And we basically 
don't hit the main part of the thing. We hit the hit the hinge and are able to kind of separate off their attacking force from their support, and then we follow it up, and then it gets into a nasty scrum and a battle, but we're able to more effectively feed reinforcements into that and push them back, and we get our lines readdressed where we're still in the Blast Alliance, but they haven't got around us. So we have an opportunity, we have a, an avenue out to withdraw or to receive reinforcements and are not surrounded. And I think that's probably what it is. And it's just like the nasty engagement we win. Like we do a good job of smashing up their forces in the kind of localized thing. But for the most part, we're maintaining the status quo. But we're just giving ourselves a, like we've shifted the line a little bit. So it's like, okay, if we back up, we will back up out of the Blasted Lands as opposed to, hey, we don't know exactly where we are. And whichever direction we go, we might be going deeper into this concept. That's how I envision this happening. All right. So for this day of engagement, your morale check is going to be thus. Rick, you will be at a minus zero, a plus or minus zero, plus or minus. You can see it either way. A glass <laughs> empty or half full. And Scott, you will be at a plus two. Woohoo. Ugh. Hang on, now I gotta do math. Alright, yeah, we need a ten? Yep. Alright, we got to ten. York's got to 11. So. <laughs> okay. Morale's going great cool. on both sides here. All right. That's all right. They went all the way up to 11. Alrighty. We're going to go ahead and make a reinforcement roll. This is going to be a 30% now. There's a 30% chance that some troops might show up and turn things. Some reinforcements showed up. I got a 0-3. Oh, my God. How about the orcs? Nothing. Okay. Got a rock. Dragonborn, a D4 troop tokens will uh, be added to your army this round. Well, this is going to swing everything. We got one. All right. Take that. That narrows the gap further, so that's good. All right. We're moving into day four of this battle as the Dragonborn are pushing back and uh, through the mountains, uh, leaks of two forces of reinforcement, probably made up partially of whatever they could put together of wounded troops from Sherlock and forces sent down from Kerbisa or uh, Lake Lamorak. So it's an 11 to 14 now. It's, uh, it's definitely narrowing. For day four, go ahead and let us know your battle plan, Dragonborn. I think at this point, if we're talking in terms of days, we have to assume that it, our commandos are either there or they're gone. They're out of immediate danger at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, at this point, it's but, not like, oh, let's keep driving in there and doing more and more. It's like, it's, oh, we want to stay in the field, but we don't. There's a limit to how much of this. Like, we want to be here to receive them also when they get back. But I think what we will continue to do is we will launch probing attacks at them and be prepared with a, you know, a reserve to follow up if there's a if there's an opportunity like last time. Like, okay, hey, we caught these guys. Go, get them. And we want to just kind of keep our spot where we're not being pushed further away or being outflanked or anything. We're gonna keep this, but like if there's a chance to strike, we will. So it's, we'll just keep sending small attacks to find out if there's a weak point and then throw everything after that one to try to knock them off balance. Okay, works. What is your battle plan for the day? Basically gonna continue more of what we were trying to do and this time get it right. But uh, we'll, we'll throw in a feint or two and, uh, and just try and distract them from where we're actually trying to be. That's all. Nothing okay. particularly unimaginable. Sure. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and make your battle plan rules. The Dragonborn get a 21. Okay. As do the orcs. All right. That will net you both a plus four. We are equally brilliant. Nice job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dragonborn, you will get a plus eight to your engagement roll, and the orcs will get a plus 10. 22. <laughs> As did we. Yay! Okay. 
Well, status quo! It is a draw. In, in a draw, both sides lose three tokens. Ooh, ooh. So, uh, it is, uh, the Dragonborn still have the smaller force, but they, you know, would be even smaller if some reinforcements didn't show up. Yeah. Alrighty, so go ahead and, uh, well, okay, since it is a draw, uh, I'll have each of you tell us what happened on your end. Alright, their feints probably kept us enough off guard that I, our big push that was gonna really knock them back a little bit and give us some breathing room never materialized or went to the wrong place, uh, but we fought well and held the lines. Yeah, we were just never able to uh, push them back. They just held the line firmly and uh, didn't fall for the thing. So, there you go. So the orcs, you'll be, be rating a net plus two on your morale check. And uh, yeah, that'll be a plus two for each of you. The dragonborn uh, make it easy. Okay. The orcs make it fair. But they do. <laughs> okay. Noah's losing any troops due to attrition or, or uh, loss of morale. So moving into day five and we're going to go ahead and roll. Okay. So this is how we're going to do it. Um, once you get reinforcements, the chance of more reinforcements coming after that go down a little bit. Um, but the orcs have a 40% chance of some reinforcements coming. The dragonborn have a 20%, we'll say 25. All right. The orcs got a rock. Uh, uh, the dragonborn got 23. Oh my and God. They get four. They get another guy. Alrighty, <laughs> One more token. The gap by two, the, the lead. There's only only two going into the uh feeding more day. and more dragonborn into the meat grinder. This is yeah. what I'll say. At this point, Hate Eye will receive word from the furthest back that strike force kill scale or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it <laughs> uh, is well out of the zone of the battle. And as far as they can tell, they are away and should be able to make contact with the spire very soon. Whether or not they survive contact with the spire is really up to them. But as far as you know, you have your forces where they need to be. So this day of battle, the goal of your army has been reached. What do you want to do now? So um, what is the battle plan of the Dragonborn at this point? We want to do at this point like a fighting withdrawal. So we want to cause as much damage as we can. Like the best way to withdraw is to punch them in the mouth. And while they try to deal with that is to then take a few steps back. But we don't want to fully kind of disengage with them because we theoretically want to be nearby to either support the Victorious Commandos and their egress or to, again, cause another distraction, or to be here to consolidate our forces for one more push in if we have to throw okay. caution to the wind and just charge. So so it's going to be very similar. It should look exactly how it's always looked with, okay, probably, probably attack, move at, the, at this flank, move at that, kind of, you know, quick push here. But it's all designed as, like, if we open up a hole in their lines, we're not going to try to encircle them or push through. It's going to be like, okay, we've caught a lot of damage and we're going to drop back and move our forces kind of to the edge outside of the blasted lands kind of a thing to be like, okay, this is where we will regroup. We will stay in contact. We will be able to get our reinforcements better, but we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're content if they want to disengage to let them disengage after that. Alrighty. Orcs, what is your your battle plan? Um, well, we'll use the, uh, the Necromancers. We'll try and use shadow magic, darkness, and stuff like that to confuse the dragonborn exactly where the blasted lands start and end and get them turned around and heading in the wrong direction towards the center of the uh, All right. Uh, let's go ahead and roll those battle plans and uh, let me know what we get. 
Got natural 20. Oh, there we go. I got an 18 modified up. Okay. Uh, that is 24. That's going to be a plus four for both of you. So that means Dragonborn will be rolling their engagement roll 80 plus 9. The Orcs will be rolling their engagement roll 80 plus 11. Go ahead and make those engagement rolls. All right. The Orcs uh, got a 31. Okay. <laughs> the Dragonborn did not get a 31. They got a 20. All righty. So the Dragonborn forces are doing their withdrawal, but they are taking massive massive losses it is a crushing victory which will reduce your remaining force to four and that one guy withdrew (laughs) yeah i'll narrate this last one since this is going to be the last thing once it is made known to general hadai that the commando force is in sight of the spire she uh, gives her orders to do a messy withdrawal back out of this area and uh, as that happens uh, the skies darken what fallen of the dragonborn that they have not been able to actively destroy are rising at an alarming rate. There is now a uh, unpleasant amount of dragonborn zombies uh, coming from behind you and this uh, darkness shadow surrounding you and making it uh, very difficult for you to get out of the way of these hordes of ravening orcs at your front. But hate I and about 200 of your remaining troops are able to somehow leap through the orcish onslaught and push your way into the mountains. What happens after that is anyone's guess. But you have done what you've come to do, even though it right now looks like a, uh, a pretty clear victory for the orcs from their side as they have rooted out this invading force and pushed them out of their land. Little do they know that a small crack team of elite dragonborn and possible uh, allied forces are inching their way to the dark spire to see if they can't get these eggs back and set things right and in the meantime the south of ayamora is in the flames of war so with that we will call it a month five And uh, in month six, we're going to put together a commando force between now and then. And and whoever those people are, they're going to go and deal with uh, what what they find at the tower. So um, we'll see you in a a couple of weeks. Woohoo. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening. And once again, we would love to thank our apprentice architect Patreons, Jillian and John Christensen. Suzanne Bell and Caitlin Thompson. We could not do this without you. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash AOE podcast. Have fun. We'll see you next time.